Okay, we're going to begin. Uh, this next story is called Vesta Goes to Sea. It's taken from It's a Rum Life, Book 3, Ivy House Tales, 1970 to 1984. We found Vesta at Alton Broad in 1971. She was a 36-foot cabin cruiser built entirely of wood. She was to be our fourth family boat and the first with all motor power and no sails. This particular voyage took place at Easter in about the year 1975. We had visitors to stay. Ruth's long-time pen friend Armel from France and her brother Marcel. These were the children of the family who had kindly entertained us in Rennes the previous year. The tides were good for a day trip into the wash and several members of the Boston Motor Yacht Club had decided to travel together. We made an early start, were first in the queue at the lock gates and managed to get out on first level. To explain briefly, as the tide rises and the salt water almost reaches the same level as the fresh water behind the sluice gates, it's possible to fill the lock with as many boats as it will take and then just at the right time open the outward lock doors. The boats have just a couple of minutes to clear the sea doors before the tide closes them to prevent salt water entering the freshwater system. The tide then rises higher than the freshwater inside and any boats wishing to get to sea have to wait until the tide falls again below the level of the freshwater. This can take two to three hours, so there is a big advantage getting out on first level. There's also a disadvantage. At the river mouth, four miles downstream, there is a bar. That is, a bar of sand and mud created by the tide and current. As the fresh water is pouring out of the river constantly, when the tide is incoming, it fights the fresh water as the currents are in different directions. This causes the silt in the fresh water to be deposited in a bar and it also creates a rough area of water with cross currents. If there is a spring tide, that is when the moon is strong and there is more water incoming, then this area can be very rough and lumpy with large waves. Vesta had powered strongly downriver and the tide was still incoming over the bar. There was also a strong wind against the tide. There were short waves by now, about three or four feet in height, and turbulence over an area of about 400 yards. Vesta had a centre cockpit, that is, the steering position was about halfway down the boat with a full-width wheelhouse. Being a decent day, we had removed the wheelhouse roof on the downriver trip and now the turbulence was causing the boat to pitch fore and aft. As the bow dived into the waves, long sheets of seawater flew over the hull and wheelhouse, but we knew it would not be for long. The passengers were not so sure. The flying spray and heavy excessive movements of the boat began to make some feel decidedly unhappy. 
to add to the atmosphere just at what seemed to be the worst of the action, we lost propulsion. That is, forward movement and control. This really made the sea throw us in all directions, and I had to change gear from forward to reverse several times before I could get any response from the propeller. We had something fouling our prop. About quarter speed was all I could manage, and I knew that could not be maintained as whatever was down there would not just go away, but could get badly entangled and cause serious damage. We had to find a safe place to anchor and sort out the problem quickly. Fortunately, just beyond the bar at the river mouth is an old anchorage for the ancient pilot cutter that was used when pilots used sailing boats. They had an old hulk moored in a natural harbour between the mud banks where they slept while on duty and waited for their clients. Our chart told us that as soon as the tide began to fall, this area would form a natural bay between the mud banks and we could sit at anchor quietly. I needed this so that I could access the trap over the propeller. The trap was a wooden box located inside the hull in the stern and about two feet high. This meant that water coming up inside came only up to the same level as the water outside the hull. Water would not come pouring into the boat unless the boat was pitching and rolling. Then it would slop over the sides of the box. This box had a watertight lid held in place with strong clamps. On the Norfolk Broads, a foul propeller was not unusual, so this easy access was necessary. Seagoing boats do not normally have this arrangement due to the risk of accidental flooding. But for us it was crucial, as the only alternative was to dive overboard and swim under the boat with a knife or saw. The grey, cold North Sea at Easter was not the most pleasant place to swim. After a couple of hours and several cups of coffee, we could access the hatch, and as I was head down sorting the problem, our friends who had departed the town on the second level were cruising past. It was a very large plastic fertiliser sack, cut open and well round, wound around the propeller. It would never have come off on its own, and would eventually have locked up the propeller drive completely. Using a bread knife that gave me a long reach and the serrated blade, it took me almost an hour to clear the debris. A salutary lesson to be prepared regarding emergencies at sea, even though we were only a mile or so from shore. Those seamanship courses run by the club prepared as well and ensured that we had all the necessary equipment on board. All secured once again, we could move out of our temporary haven and join the rest of the club in the centre of the wash, as the tide fell away to reveal huge areas of golden sand. Seals were now playing around the boats, and with the sun gleaming it was another world. After a few hours, we decided to head back to the river mouth to get over the bar and access the lock gates at first level in the evening. 
For those of you with boating knowledge, Vesta-class boats were built by Landamores of Wroxham over a period beginning in the late 1930s. Our Vesta had been built in the 1950s. She was carvel-built of mahogany on oak. She weighed around 10 tonnes dead weight and was powered by a four-cylinder Volvo Penta petrol engine. She was 36 feet long and just under 10 feet wide. The petrol engine was in fact changed for a diesel at her next refit. But it was to be her new owners who were to benefit by that. There we are. I hope you've enjoyed that story. Brought to you by Cracker Books. Written and read by Keith Sanders. You can see more stories to read on keithsandersisthestoryman.wordpress.com Lots more audio stories on this Buzzsprout site. There's lots of videos to watch on Keith Sanders, the short story man on YouTube. And we have a shop. This is the important bit. Um, do have a look. Uh, all the books that we produce are on sale. They're all downloadable. Um, the site is richardkeithsanders.sells. That's S-C-L-Z dot com. Thank you for listening.